0: Called Thought Life. You guys enjoying the Thought Life? You're getting something out of that. I thought this week, you know, I was just I was just thinking about where to go this week, um, and I felt just the need and the desire to kind of dial it back a little bit, kind of give you a little bit of a break, a little bit of a breather, because you know the thought the Thought Life series. Um, if you're actually putting into practice the things that we've been talking about and expecting to see transformation, sometimes it can get You know, when when you're willing to take personal responsibility over your heart and your mind and your life to yield yourself to the Word of God and the power of God in you to experience transformation and then live a transformed life, it's work, it's labor, but the labor is to enter into the rest, right? So, but sometimes it gets hard resting. (laughs) It's a lot of work to rest. And it's, but it is the paradox, right? We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, in spirit. He's given us a new heart that can be empowered by that righteousness inwardly so that we can live it outwardly. But oftentimes you don't live it outwardly and you've got to put on the new man, renew your mind, be empowered by that grace to live outwardly that which has been done inwardly in you through Christ. Amen? But I want to take a break from that just a little bit. Um, and then last week was pretty intense. Praise God for people that are bold like Brian to come in and bless us the way that he did. And what a, I mean, I, you know, I'm thankful for a body like this that's receptive to somebody coming in like that and and just kind of modeling and. I was going to ask, how many did anybody else experience anything from him praying for you last week that you still? Yeah, there's a couple hands, another hand. Yeah, there's a few more. And and so those those of you that raise your hand, come to me. Let me know because I want to hear a few more of these testimonies. I'd love for you to come up here and share them. But sometimes, this is I'm I'm random buckshotting, and I'm going to preach a 15 minute sermon. But let me just say this: I know oftentimes with a message that that with a church that's more that's based on the Word of God, with the expectation of you experiencing transformation, when you get intimate with the Lord and you really let this stuff happen, you know we there's some pretty profound uh, testimonies that come. Most of the time that people come to me and tell me the changes that they're experiencing in their lives, it's usually such a private thing that that you don't want to talk about it publicly. And so you know I, I, and I understand that and I trust that and i don't I don't think that that's a negative thing. some not everything is to be shared publicly. So, But I would encourage you to use that testimony at the appropriate time with people in your life that need to know the power of God that has worked in you. Amen? And that's really what I I want to talk about today. So let me just dial in here. The, The main point that I want to make today is about this idea of storing up treasure in heaven. And we've heard about this and you know there is a reward system. I want to briefly address the, the reward. We don't really know what that is. But when Jesus talks about living this Christian life and He's instructing us, it's not in the big, bold declaration. And this is not to go against what Glenn... So what Glenn is talking about is going out and proclaiming the gospel. What I want to address today is your personal private life with Jesus. And really, God is more interested in your private integrity than your public piety. He's more interested in who you are in that secret place than who you are up here with the microphone, because he sees through all that stuff. So I, I want today not to be such a reflective message where it's like, ooh, I really feel bad about myself. I realize it could be that. Don't do that. Say I won't do that. You know, this I want this to be uplifting, a little bit of a breather, because here's the big point that I want you to get. Just be a nice person. Please. Could you just do that? Please. I feel like Jesus is like, man, quit with all the stuff. Just, just don't be a jerk. That's Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> but I do I do want to read through this because it makes the point. Uh, let's see, am I not? It's not responding to me. Can you c- go ahead and, and put up Matthew 6.1? All right, so follow me through here because for some reason it's not working for me. Now, this is the section where he talks about the Lord's Prayer. I'm not going to focus a lot on that. We're going to come down to the conclusion of what it looks like to store up treasure in heaven. Okay, so take heed that you do not uh, that you do not do your charitable deeds. Now, this word charitable, in other translations, um, so this is the New King James, and the King James, it's um, alms, and then other places, it's acts of kindness or loving deeds or whatever. It's an interesting word. The the original Greek word. Uh, in in this passage in Matthew six one has more to do with really it's really kind of basic. The basic idea is just do the right thing. So when you're doing the right thing, because it has it almost has more of a tone of justice than it does loving. It does include loving. It does include kindness, but more so the right thing. And sometimes it's harder to do the right thing than it is to do the loving thing. And when I say the right thing, I mean your neighbor has done something, and because the Lord sees what you're doing, not because you're afraid of Him, but because you want to live a life that's honoring and glorifying of the Lord, it's not always easy to do the right thing, is it? But, and, and this is a different, you know, a lot of times we talk about where we are personally with the Lord, our transfer, transform, transformation process, our ministry outwardly. I'm talking about who we are inwardly in that secret place. And it and it could feel condemning to say because the Lord's watching. There was an old song I remember the Lord is watching. Don't ask me to sing it anyway, but <laughs> Adam you laughed was that Adam that laughed? Oh no that was somebody else. Oh thank you. Hey <laughs> hey uh, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, just leave it just there for just a moment. I feel like this is something for somebody in this place today that really could make a dramatic impact in your life and recalibrate some of the stuff that you're working through. I don't really love this idea, but I, I, wa- I was watching a podcast and this guy made the, <clears throat> made the point. He said, you know, and it wasn't even from a Christian perspective. He was just talking about you know, personal success. And, and he said, you know, imagine that, you're, that when you wake up, there's a camera crew following you around, doing a documentary on you. How would you make choices differently in that moment? So I realized you could respond to this idea of the Lord watching you in that secret place and get condemned, which is why you must know that Christ is your righteousness. That's why you must know that in Him you are forgiven, sanctified, justified. Now, that doesn't mean you should continue in sin. That doesn't mean, you know, we talk about this all the time, and unfortunately, there are churches even in this community that tell people to stay away from us because we're making sin easy. Sorry, I'd still get a little bent out of shape over that, but... But that is absolutely not what's... I mean, honestly, under this message, there's, there's more expectation to live righteous and holy before the Lord once you know that you're actually righteous. Because if you think that you're still a sinner by nature, then you have an excuse. I'm not, this is not at all what I'm supposed to be talking about. Let me just keep going here. The secret place. Say the secret place. Treasure in heaven. Okay. Okay. You have no reward from your Father in heaven. Reward in heaven. I I was just meditating on that. Now, I think a lot of that we don't know, but let's keep going. So if you'll follow me, please. Verse 2. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before as the hypocrites do in the synagogue. I mean, this is Jesus speaking. He's pretty tough here. Uh, Don't sound a trumpet before as the hypocrites do in the synagogues. Now, this is not talking about testimonies because the testimony is to glorify God. We're talking about how you treat people, how you treat yourself. Kids, think about how you act and behave around the house. This is a message for Kids Church. I'll have to get this back to them. But, you know, think about where this personally. We're not talking about just the Christiany things that you're supposed to do. We're talking about in marriage what your wife or husband needs as support, you know, if it's dishes around the house and there's a secret thing and you do something and they ever even they don't even know it or if it's lawn or if it's you know maybe even at work you got this one employee that just constantly just does this and you have to do this because they do that and you don't like doing this because they do that but it's just the right thing to do because it's your job or whatever you know I'm talking about these little things and I'm not talking about being a doormat I'm not talking about you just suck it up and you just clean up after everybody. I'm not talking about I'm talking about in your life when you have the opportunity that might affect somebody else and how you live together. That's that's really what we're talking about. So, before, uh, so don't sound a trumpet before as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable de- deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. Say secret. And your Father in heaven who sees in secret himself will reward you openly. That's the kind of reward I want. Now, I'm just going to ask you to ask him to give you revelation on what those charitable deeds in secret are. Because I've threw out a couple of examples, but that's way short of where this really lands and hits home. So verse 5 and when you pray you shall not be like the hypocrites. So now he's talking about just how you live out this relationship with the Lord, you know? Are you do you have is your is your personal inner intimate relationship with the Lord more real than your public on display relationship? Which one's more real? And I hate that we even compare the two, but this is what he's talking about. Where's your heart? Check your heart. Where are you with the Lord, right? Um go into your so verse 5 but when you pray go into your room and when you shut the door pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly and when you pray don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do for they think that they'll be heard for their many words therefore do not be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him I'm thinking about not so much he's instructing you of how to behave as much as he's, as he's instructing your heart position with the Lord. He wants you saying, Look, God already knows what you need. You feel like you need to pray, you feel like you need to convince God of your need. He already knows. What's more important is where are you intimately with him in that moment? Do you actually see him as your father? Do you actually see him as good, as your provider? In this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So, th- so, this is just the model intimate that we all say publicly. That's really not the point. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, you could you, you go back to that verse 10. We could talk about that for three months His will on earth as it is. That's what God wants. If God had His way right now, the earth would look like heaven. But he gave mankind dominion, and we've messed it up. But what's happening is he's restoring all things. All things in heaven and earth are being brought together in Christ. We don't know exactly what all the future events look like, but that's what's happening. His his kingdom of heaven has been inaugurated and planted into the earth in Christ, and everything is coming together in Christ. And I'm assuming as it comes together, there's the darkness dies, the last enemy death being defeated and destroyed, the, all the end, end stuff, you know. I'm not so much focused on that as I'm focused on the kingdom increasing and restoring. So give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation. Uh, deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive them their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now let me just say right here, leave it there for a minute, we should all be incredibly thankful that Jesus died, paid for our sin, and rose again. Why? Because that right there changed under the New Covenant. How do I know that? Next verse, please. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So under the new covenant, forgive others because you have been forgiven. You get that? It's really kind of a big deal. Now, that's not to say that the teachings of Jesus are invalid. That's not to say that the teachings of Jesus should be thrown away. But you should know how your relationship has been changed because of the death, burial, resurrection, and the full atoning work of Christ and you being under a new covenant. Amen? To say that God is not going to forgive you if you don't forgive someone else is law, old covenant, and that has been kept perfectly by Jesus on your behalf. Now, does that mean you should go and break that law? No. Does that mean the law's is invalid and, and, and doesn't apply? No, because they're still sowing and reaping. But under the new covenant, you are forgiven. Say, like, I am forgiven. That's why you forgive. You don't forgive to be forgiven. You forgive because you are forgiven. Huge difference. You see that? All right, back to Matthew. That's just kind of, I just had to address it in there. Moreover, because we're talking about treasure in heaven... We're talking about the secret place. Amen. Moreover, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. A lot of talk about reward. Uh, But when you fast, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And leave it on 61 there, or sorry, 21. Now, we've kind of made this about money, haven't we? When you hear, there your treasure is, there's your heart. And we've made it about money. We've made it about tithing. And we've made it about, well, if you really believe in the work of God, then you'd you'd start giving. And that, That's not untrue, but that's not what he's talking about here. What he's talking about is basically love flowing out of your heart toward other people. And he's not even talking about earthly treasure. I think that can be applied. He's talking about treasure in heaven. That's where your heart is. In other words, what naturally comes out of your heart is either storing up uh, and I'm going to read a passage that's not so lovely but it's still good news what's coming naturally out of your heart will be judged. And if it's good, if it's loving, if it's kind, there's reward. If it's based on self-gain and, and deceitfulness and manipulation, it will pass through the fire and burn away, and you'll forever be free of that stuff, and you'll be left with those rewards. Now what to me, this and this is kind of the big idea, the stuff that you do in private, Toward others that he calls charitable deeds are the things that are storing up your heavenly treasure chest. Now, I don't, I mean, that kind of puts us in an interesting position, right? Because it's not like you want to run out there and start doing a bunch of secret stuff so that you got a big old fat treasure chest in heaven. But it is something to be mindful of. That you know, I'm not. I'm not just doing the right thing here out of to be law based, or because I'm afraid of God judging me. In fact, I love the song that uh, you know. Yet again, a, a perfect song got picked to set up where we're going in this message. But it says, "No fear in death." We should have absolutely no fear of death, or in death. So, in other words, when you pass over, and whenever that. Judgment comes, you know, when we all go before the uh, judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is for believers. That is not where you are judged for righteousness. You've already been judged for righteousness on the cross. Amen. If you accept Christ, then in that place, you are the righteousness of God in Christ, even over there. But our works will be judged. Let me just read this. This is 1 Corinthians 3. 13, 14, and 15. Um, and I think that this is part of the reward aspect of what he's talking about. So when your works, when you when when he rewards you openly it has something to do with this. Each one's work will become clear. Uh, and I would encourage you, go back and read all the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 3. I'm not going into the whole aspect of it. I'm just talking about the secret place, how we're treating people, and how we're living our lives. Because Uh, if we say we love God, but we don't have love for our brother, then who are we fooling? right? And I'm telling you, man, it's time for the body of Christ to be known by the character of God as loving. Man, we're really good at calling out sin. We're really good at pointing out where things are wrong. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand up for righteousness. We absolutely should. We're in this paradoxical situation where we are called to call out sin and darkness and injustice, But we are called to be loving and kind. I mean, Jesus, under the law, had a prostitute at his feet that should have been stoned, and what did he do? He removed all the condemnation. He held up a mirror to every person in that place, and then he set her free. That should be the church. Amen? And I think if we adopt this mindset of, you know, I'm in the secret place with the Lord, now the reward aspect is kind of a side note, but it's a factor, right? So let me just read this here. Uh, Each one's work uh, will become clear. For the day will declare it. The day, probably referring to the great or, or the judgment seat of Christ. I don't know how all that works, but it's in scripture. It's going to happen. Uh, Each one's work will become clear. I, you know, I, I kind of imagine we roll up to the judgment, the, the, the judgment seat of Christ, with our little wagon wheel full of works. We come up. Let me just read it here. Get this picture. Here come my works. Here come my works. Because there's a distinction between you and your works. Let me just finish here. Because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, uh, which he has built on it endures, he will receive award. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as though through fire. Say, I'm saved. I don't have to worry about it. But those works matter. I mean, I see you're kind of rolling up. You've got this little wagon wheel full of, I look at my works. and You know, you look back and say, like, whoa. But also, I really do think the things that you think are insignificant are highly meaningful to the Lord. I think just the little things that even that you might not even realize that you just do because it's a little kind, little thing that you've done in your home, in your workplace, to a stranger. I mean, honest, honestly, it's it sounds silly, but you let somebody in traffic when they've got their blinker on and you're in that 285 and coming up on 75 and you're trying to get over and everybody's And you go slow down, let them in. They're probably like, oh, whew, thank you, right? I mean, those are silly little examples, but think about it. Think about the times where you have to exercise the fruits of the Spirit. What are those kind of rewards going to be like? Where you're angry, and you have a right to be angry, but you choose to lay that anger down, let joy rise up on the inside of you, and you treat that person better than they deserve to be treated. And nobody knows it. They don't even know it. What kind of reward is that going to be? Because He's going to reward you openly. That's going to be pretty cool. I don't know what that's like. I don't even want to do things because of that, but we should be mindful of it. Amen? And I think if we take it down to that level of responsibility and, and not let it... This, you, know, you kind of need to come to this church for like a year before you hear a message like this because you need to constantly hear that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus has been judged on your behalf. You're not going to be judged for your sin. When you roll up there with that little card of works, he's not judging your sin. Clearly it says that, right? He's judging your works, your deeds, not your sin. Your sin was judged in Christ on that cross and he paid for it fully. It's removed from you as far as the east is from the west. Amen? And also too, I think in Hebrews when there's this warning of don't continue in sin because those that continue in sin, there's just a certain expectation, fearful expectation of judgment. I think that's talking about this for the believer. So let's live a life knowing that everything you do will be judged. And it'll either burn away. Now to me, the burning away is you're finally free from all that stuff and you can enter into a heaven fully free from whatever it was that was still left here. But you're free now. Amen? You can live at peace now. I can feel a tugging. I can see it on some faces. But just know, once again, this one here, uh, if your works are burned, you might suffer loss, but you will be saved because you already are saved. Amen? Now think about that. What does that look like? I just want you to you, know, we'll do some in-class homework here for just a moment. Where does this first and foremost apply to you? Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, show me here, Lord. You know, we got some silly examples from the, the dancing monkey up on stage up there, but the fool, that'd be me. Just saying, we're just fools for Christ preaching. But where does this really hit home to you? Because I think, you know, I mean, in this church, we fully expect people to be changed by the indwelling Word of God. And to the degree that you're not changed is the degree to which your heart is not open to receiving that aspect of the Word of God producing a change in your life. But if you live with the expectation that the character of God in the secret place, in the private times where nobody will see it or ever see it, if you live with the expectation to live out your righteousness in that place, man, that's a life that is committed to righteousness. You're already righteous, but you want to live that way at its deepest core, deepest level. And the way that Jesus teaches, it's almost even down to your thoughts toward others. Thank you, Lord. This does not say every thought will be judged. But they're a factor because that's what drives your works, right? It starts with your thoughts. So in a sense, we kind of are back to thought life. And, and again, you know if you're new here, we I, I'm looking at you as a group of people who have taken the responsibility to be Christians, to be the hands and feet in this world, to constantly internally, your relationship with the Lord, you're plugged into this disciple transformative process with the Lord, knowing your righteousness, knowing your place, with the expectation that you're going to go out there and make a difference in the world, right? I, like we're not just coming here to be built up, hear a good message, and then go out and you do nothing with it. I mean, I expect you guys, to, we're like seeds. We're being cast out there to be planted and grow and affect people. There are people out there. There are people out there that have never heard the gospel. But maybe it might take you a year of secret place charitable action toward them for them to be open to hearing what you got to say about the Lord. I mean, I just kind of want to let us think about this for a bit. It's a big deal. It really is a big deal. But it takes you being committed in your heart, moment by moment, day by day, to live in such a way where you're aware of this process. Now, don't let it be heavy. Because ultimately what he's describing here, even in this final great white throne judgment, is a deliverance from all the stuff of this world. right? But... It's something to think about, isn't it? Maybe you'll think twice before you say that thing or do that thing toward that other person. Nobody's going to see this. You're out traveling, you're working, you're in another state, whatever, right? It's the secret integrity that he's after because that's what's going to tune your heart to then let him love you into a place of wholeness to experience Miracle. You know, the thing, If you when you understand the dynamic of the heart, and we're going to go back to this, the reason Courtney's going to be here next week is because of the way that our our trip lined up. So we're going to the the minister's conference at Andrew Womack Ministries next week. Um, and I teach in the school out there, if you don't know. So we're staying through the weekend, Sarah and I, and then I'll be teaching the next week in the school. So Courtney will be down here, but come. He's awesome. Um but then, after that, I'm going to go back into thought life and maybe bring this back in a bit. but I, but I do want you to go out of here, and I realize it's, you know, it's kind of like it's heavy, but it's light. It's light, but it's heavy. But I want it to be more so a challenge to live empowered by His grace. Are you with me? Because we can make an impact in people's lives. And we don't know what that's going to look like in heaven, but there are people that need us to live this way right now, really. Think about it. There are people in your life that need to know how to live with integrity in the secret place because they're going to need you. And what kind of person? Are you going to be ready to be the person that they need you to be in that moment? That's what grace is for. Grace will strengthen you and empower you, give you wisdom in the moment because you've lived a life that has caused you to be open to the Lord in the moment. Oftentimes, that's why you should stay out of sin. Sin will kill. Sin hardens your heart and desensitizes you. Sin dulls your, your spiritual senses to God and puts you in a place where you're not open to being moved upon by Him. That's why you should stay out of sin. Stay out of sin because it, it, it robs God of the opportunity to use you for His glory. And people need you to be a clean, clear vessel. And are you willing? Are you willing? Amen. Let's stand up if you would. Prayer team, you guys can come up. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. <clears throat> uh, we thank you that we are accepted forever in Christ alone, and that's it, done deal. But we also do want to live lives that are glorifying to your name, that are that are well-pleasing to you and, and honor the work of Christ. Because there is a world. Just think about the world out there for just a moment. And and, and it's like we're on mission because we are. And just think of yourself. I'm willing, Lord, to live that secret life of integrity so that I'm willing and ready when you move on my heart to bring glory to your name in someone else's life, whether they even know it or not. That's the kind of life I want to live. Thank you, Lord.